0: Fulfillment shows up after a solution is earned. Anything worth having first requires both effort and sacrifice. No matter who you are or what you do, whether you're a single mom or a CEO, the common denominator is this, that we all have a seven-day hustle. They don't all look the same, but they're there regardless of our situation. Here's the thing, struggle shouldn't always produce more struggle. If done right, it should result in a dance. What we do throughout these seven days reflects directly on our progress forward. All right, so this is the next recording. I don't know where it's going to be placed inside the um, release dates, but as far as timeline, this is the third one, third full episode that we have recorded. So I've got John Watson with me. John is a, a guy I've gotten to know briefly and even more so recently. Um, through the asphalt industry. And uh, John, what, A, I'm really excited that you're here for one thing. Um, And as we were talking about what we're going to talk about on this, we've kind of got bounced all over at a couple different ideas, but John's got a very interesting involvement in his life because he's kind of all over the board. He's got many different Aspects to where he works in the blue-collar industry, he works in a white-collar industry. He works. He's a big family man, and he's fairly young in age. So, the personal development that John has gone through just in his natural life cycle is pretty impressive. So, John, for uh, how old are you? For one thing,
1: yeah, Kyle, I am twenty-six.
0: Awesome, twenty-six years old. A couple of things that, so talk briefly about your involvement in your security job, because that's something like you're the only person I know of (laughs) that does that. What, what goes along with your job?
1: So uh, with my job, I ultimately worked my way um, to my current position, but uh, we manage many different networks and we essentially, uh, long story short, we try to keep the bad guys out from um, the inside of people's networks. And by networks, I mean um, small businesses uh-huh. um, have computers, and we ultimately don't want them to get ransomware. Um, we don't bad guys um, com- confiscating their emails or um, kind of what you think would be a cyber attack. That's what we try to prevent.
0: Okay. So, I mean, you've described it to me as cybersecurity. Do you, is it specialized in one? Because the first thing that pops into my mind when I hear cybersecurity is um, uh, internet predators. Do you deal anything with that or is it mainly uh, identity stuff?
1: So um, with predators, um, the first thing that comes to mind is you're thinking about the black hat hacker that's trying to go into someone's network mm-hmm. um, and either provide ransomware or send a virus onto their network to affect their computers and mm-hmm. potentially take down their business. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to prevent from happening.
0: Okay. What type <clears throat> of, I mean, how, when how do you, do you catch many people? Is it something that's fairly active to where there's like, there's, much more of a uh danger out there than people are are aware of so we don't necessarily catch actors right
1: in their footsteps um at times we do um we've had a couple instances where um there was ransomware and we had to actively go in there and um see what they were locking down and um, initiate um, incident response plans Mm -hmm. and work our way backwards. However, um, normally we take the proactive uh, step Mm -hmm. and we, we look for vulnerabilities and uh, we try to uh, eradicate those vulnerabilities before they get used by the bad guy.
0: Sure. You've got a job with Amazon as well that you work inside the warehouse. (laughs) It's kind of like a side hustle and then you also in the summer work in and you've got a partner in this uh doing asphalt maintenance seal coating and things like that what i'm curious of is the mindset shift from because those are like completely opposite sides of the spectrum as far as brain functions go and mentality and operations and and everything and and like, how do you, how do you switch tasks? I mean, is that something that it makes a big effort or you just kind of, this is what I do. So it doesn't really take much thought.
1: Um, Honestly, uh, now, because I've done it for so long, I've done it for years now. um, It doesn't take much thought. I really enjoy the asphalt industry. I really enjoy um, the blue collar work. you know, Amazon is kind of a workout to me in a sense. Yeah. That's how I think about it. And I just go into work and think of it as a workout. Um, and it's kind of interesting because when you look at Amazon Warehouse, you know, they want to be as efficient as possible because they have so many packages they need to
0: um, yeah.
1: get to people. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of my colleagues at the warehouse, um, they, Amazon is all about statistics and um, how people perform. And those performances are tracked. And my colleagues at Amazon normally, for example, do eight packages per hour. Mm -hmm. And and that's okay. That's acceptable for them. But that's not acceptable to me. So I try to beat my scores every single time I go in. And um, I'm averaging 35 packages per hour. So I'm doing three times the amount of work as they are. Holy smokes. Um, Just because I see it as a workout and I enjoy it. Um, really? Now, s- switching back to cybersecurity. Right. Um, it It's all a brain game. You know, I'm not doing a lot of I'm sitting in a chair for uh, eight to ten hours a day. I'm not really doing anything physical, mm-hmm. but mentally, you know, I'm looking for vulnerabilities. I'm
0: saying, hey, say how can that? we? Would you say that it's still pro- because you know the Amazon, the Amazon gig is very production based, correct? So, and it sounds like the cybersecurity is not very production based.
1: It's production, but it's not a physical production. Like right. there's tickets that come in, and we have to resolve those tickets. So it's production, but it's not uh, like a physical production.
0: Yeah, I got you. It's kind of
1: challenging to explain, but. Uh...
0: I honestly, I really don't want to go down that road because we're going to, if you tried to explain it to me, you would be speaking an, an entirely different language. I'm what I'm curious. What, what excites me is that a, you do it b like the surface, the surface, um, base, I guess the surface operations that happen, like, you know, I didn't know that there was things like let's put it this way a threat comes up I'm guessing it gets portrayed as a ticket and then you're gonna dive into it
1: Correct, yeah we have a lot of uh, application based detections and mm-hmm. there's we have a lot of things and put in place that provides alerts to us and yeah um, if those alerts are triggered that's when we go after it sure so it's kind of go- like go ahead. <clears throat> it's kind of like a cop in it in an instance, like if someone speeds past them speeding and they, you know, they detect that and they go
0: after them. Gotcha. So you're switching many different things throughout the day, or or, or I guess not day, but just throughout your life between asphalt maintenance um, doing stuff with Amazon and then the cybersecurity. So you're switching a lot of different functions very often. Plus, we were talking about earlier, your home life, you've got, it's, it's you, your wife and your wife's three sisters that um, are really under your wing. And so you're growing a community of people as well. How organized do you have to be? be, be, That's just, that's a lot of balance. You know what I mean? That's a lot of balance. That's a lot of organization. And to be honest with you, like, I don't know that I could do it. Like (laughs) I, I just, that requires a lot of patience for one thing. I'm, I'm patient to a limit, (laughs) you know, and I just, I've got this feeling about you that you probably have a lot more patience than I just naturally do.
1: Yeah. Patience is uh, definitely a key to, uh, to everything that I do. I, you know, I try to be as patient as possible and guess what? I'm a human. I lose my patience too. And, uh, But yeah, providing for my family, um, and long story short, uh, my wife's mom passed away, and so we took her three sisters under our belt um, at the age of 18, and we provided for them, and um, nothing goes. Uh, There's no experience that Will make you grow up as fast as that, I guess, is a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, providing to three teenagers um, and try to trying to guide them in yeah. the correct direction that you want them to go. And you're still guiding yourself at that point. You don't know what you're doing. Like,
0: you're not all that much older than they are.
1: Correct. So you, uh, from the oldest one, I'm only three years older than her.
0: But still, you have somebody looking up to you. As far as direction and accountability and how do I what do I do with myself and my emotions and how do I process life in general at this point in time, is that something that. Is that something that that you took on that responsibility. Um, out of necessity or or like were you even willing to do that or was that just something that was kind of dropped in your lap that you absorbed and then figured it out as you went?
1: Honestly, it was kind of like fight or flight. Um, I, I always have this mentality of like, Hey, I love my wife a lot and I'm not going to just let her, um, do it alone. I'm not going to just be like, here, I'm out of the relationship. Sorry. I'm not going to help you. I I'm not that kind of guy. And people say maybe I'm too nice. I'm not sure, but, uh, I was stuck through it and it's been rewarding, you know. But um,
0: so it sounds like you didn't really give yourself a choice to second guess it. This is just, this is what we're doing now.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that kind of relates back to my business. Uh, I didn't really give myself a choice. The, my <laughs> business partner was like, hey, uh, do you like this idea? And I said, yep. And we're not turning
0: back. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so that's where Freedom Seal Coat came. Did you... Did you know anything about asphalt before you got into it?
1: I knew nothing about asphalt besides that my driveway was uh, made out of asphalt. That's (laughs) literally all I knew.
0: And in the same respect, you, you also knew nothing about what to do with three teenage girls when you were not much, you know, pretty much still a teenager yourself.
1: Yeah, that's correct. I didn't realize how much time they spend in the bathroom doing makeup.
0: <laughs> you know,
1: I'm in and out. I take a shower. I'm in and out in a five minutes, and they're still in there two hours later. And I'm like, "What the heck are you doing?"
0: <laughs> what um, what what some of the the mindset development that you've had to go through in order to be good at what you do? Because there's obviously a learning curve, you know with Because you approach things not knowing what to do with the attitude of, I don't know what to do.
1: You know, it all honestly all comes down to you don't know what you don't know until you don't know um and the, i tell so many people that and my that might be confusing but it makes sense in my head it's if i don't know something i'm gonna figure it out and
0: yeah
1: um that's honestly what i've done my entire life Google's my best friend yeah. and i try to instill that into all four girls sure. um and when they don't know something they come and ask me and if i sometimes i fool with them and say hey i don't know but in reality <laughs> i know cuz i i just want them to um have the power figure it out on themselves and um it comes it comes to problem solving you know it's a big life issue um and problem solving is a a thing that i feel like america's lacking nowadays oh um, and so if i can you know Help others problem solve or learn that skill. Yeah, I feel like that's going to help everyone in the long run.
0: Well, and that comes with you have to be one step ahead as well. You know, if you're going to pass on information to somebody else or even growing a business like asphalt maintenance, you have to learn first in order to transfer that information to somebody else, and you have to so learn true. the fastest. you have to learn the fastest and you have to learn the most and i think what happens with that is you end up developing a skill set within yourself that that's just a natural mode of operation to where you're always looking for areas and opportunities of growth and correct me if i'm wrong but you're probably more attracted to people that you see that trait in themselves you know they're high performing person, they do a lot, or they're very proficient in this area that I'm looking to be in. You know, I want to get better at this skill set. So I'm going to shadow that person. You know, do you have any influencers in major influencers in your life to where, you know, you've learned some very skillful traits or sets or mindsets or um, whatever it might be? That you've looked up to yourself
1: yeah i have lots of influencers uh even you kyle
0: <laughs> <laughs> i
1: i, I kind of i was watching you before you even uh, met me but um there's there's so many people out there that i watch and i follow and yeah um it's hard to you know, specify names because i could say like elon musk like yeah. there's some things that i take from him and um just kind of mashing it together into my own um version of life. That's kind of what I do is I watch all these people. I take things from them and, um, turn it into my own.
0: Yeah. So not to, not to stop on, on the topic of me, but because I'm curious, what was, what was things about me to like, when you say that you were watching me before, before you even met me, like, because the reason I, I'm curious about this is because. I don't know what I do sometimes that anybody would want to follow. Like, you know, I'm just doing what I, you know, what what interests me and what, what I'm excited about. And I'm willing to put it out there because I got to believe that, you know, somebody else might be, but like, I don't view myself as like, here, come look at me, you know? And so, because I, you know, I'm still building something. I mean, I'm, just finished our third season in this business myself. And I'm still very much figuring it out. You know, this is even with this podcast, like it's getting, it's getting a lot of good initial response. Um, And I think that, you know, people are eager about what's going on. Um, There's a lot of interest around it, but I mean, the fact that there's somebody that I am or was influencing when I don't know that that's happening, for one thing, it gives me a lot more reason to just be up on my game. You know what I mean? Like, because if you forget for a minute that there's people that you are influencing, they're watching when you struggle too. And they're watching when, you know, when when you make wins. And so I think that just as as a a, almost like a, a reoccurring theme in the back of your mind and i'm sure that you can apply this to your same situation too is that when you realize the influence that you have on people without knowing it and tell yourself that there are people out there watching me and what i do and the steps i make and how i respond you just begin to tackle your life differently because you know that it's not it's not just you you know what i mean like people are yep. people are looking people are watching because ultimately everybody's confused in their own way you know everybody's confused Very true. in their own way and so the way that i respond is going to in some ways dictate the way that you respond in your situation as this as in how to apply if that makes sense well kyle responded to this situation in this manner it just naturally transfers over i'm going to respond in a similar way unless it triggers like all right well that was obviously not the right way to respond but it's the influence that rubs off you know what i yeah.
1: mean yeah yep and i have a, a really good example of this and and you or people listening to this may find this creepy but it is what it is so owning a business and not owning a business before or you know owning a new business and a completely different topic that you've never um, experienced before you ultimately know nothing yeah so I'm just gonna give the example of Kyle, for example. So I do everything, I market, I create the website, I kinda do everything. Well, I don't know how to market. I don't know how to like create ads. I don't know how to do these things. Well, I can watch Kyle with Integrity Asphalt and say, oh, this is how he's marketing this is how he's creating these ads and i honestly that's why i follow everyone in the industry cuz mm-hmm. everyone has their own spin to something yeah and um you may not think you're influencing me but you are cuz if if i see an ad on your facebook page and I don't like it, but it gets tons of reactions. Then of course I'm going to, even though I don't like it, I'm going to create something similar because I want that same reaction.
0: Yeah. I guess it's a better way to put it. Yeah. So, so you're looking more. So the, the results determine the action at that point in time, you know, like if this action produces good results, then this is what I need to do also, because, you know, with, I know for me, I won't speak for you on this, but I'll speak for me is I kind of, I have to get outside my own head sometimes and, and and with the thought of, I feel like it should work this way because I feel like it should be like that. <laughs> I just want to be right, you know? And, and, um. but I have to sometimes stop and ask myself, well, what do you want to be? Do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? You know, and so if we approach things with a neutral mind of, I would rather be effective than right, which means, you know, putting a lot of our pride aside and we're going to make more headway in a shorter period of time that transferred over into, into the situation like with, with you at home is you're directly influencing somebody's emotional response and their development, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's much more important than how you convince somebody to let you seal coat their driveway
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you know what's really funny about that is that when you live with four girls you're always wrong so (laughs) no matter how much I want to be right I have to humble myself and I'm I know I'm right but I'm wrong so uh, that's how I've kind of came up with that whole mindset of hey I'm not always right but
0: do you it's okay you you do a lot of the sales in your company yep have you have you learned that skill set with clients when clients feel like they like i mean because this happens all the time is is um i got dogs barking in the background Um, (laughs) Everything that moves is something that's worth barking at in case nobody has dogs. <laughs> in case nobody knows that. Um, I have two
1: golden newfies and they do the same.
0: Oh, there you go. Um now I kind of lost my train of thought, but um oh, when you're talking to clients and they like think they know just, everything. Well, they they've done the research, they they feel like they know what needs to be done, and you are here to do this for them because they are the professional at this point in time, you know, and so they're always right. And whether you're right or not, wrong, you're still wrong. Um, you know, and, and how do you approach things like that? As far as what are some of this, like when, when you say <laughs> that you're always wrong, I'm assuming that comes into play a lot with your sex.
1: Yeah. That comes with sales and business as well. But um, uh i have a trigger so um with sales Mm -hmm. uh, a client can be right or they can be they can think they're right and i know that they're wrong Mm -hmm. and that makes me right but um with them being wrong i have a perfect example of this this lady she wanted her driveway seal coated and i said hey We shouldn't do this. It's going to rain this afternoon. We Mm -hmm. shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to rain in the next hour. So it's going to just wash away and it will be back and we'll have to do it again. She said, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not going to rain. Just do it anyways. And I said, okay, I'll do it anyways. So I go to their house and mind you, it's just me. Yeah. I go out and I seal coat her driveway. It's really small. It's probably like 20 by 20. It's yeah. not. It's not big. Yeah. And so, guess what? It rains half an hour after I leave, <laughs> and she calls me, John. This looks terrible. It's all over the garage doors. Um. What What can I do? And she calls me not the day of. She calls me like two days later. Yeah. So the seal coat dries on the. Uh, the garage door seal coat is on the cement everything Mm -hmm. and I simply had this conversation I was like hey you remember me telling you hey we shouldn't do this this day she said yeah and I was like well there's nothing we can do about it now and I can help you get like clean up the mess and I'll reseal it for you Mm -hmm. but ultimately like in the future, we, like, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> and I'm, she's really thankful that I went to the house and I helped her clean up. And it probably took me five hours out of my time to go help clean up. Yeah. And I didn't charge her any of it, but yeah. it was a life lesson for her is she thought she was right. And she, she thought that, and the contractor was right. And, and that's okay. But In the future, she should let the person who is in the industry um, make that decision.
0: What did you learn out of that situation?
1: I learned that follow your gut feeling. (laughs) If you think it's going to rain, just follow your gut feeling. If it's going to rain, it's going to rain. Just cancel the job and um, don't try to appease the customer and let them be right.
0: Because... Ultimately, what you're doing is you're looking out for their best interest at that point in time yeah, because, you know, you know what's coming up, you know the damage it's going to cause, you know how much extra work it's going to be. Just because they can't see that at that point in time doesn't mean that you're not still protecting their best investment. You know, there might be a slight disagreeance, um, but ultimately, you know, you're the one who's, whose name is on the job at the end of it. Have you approached that again with like another client to where you've then had to say, all right, we have to reschedule this because this is not a good idea?
1: Yeah. So, so that happened at the beginning of this year. Um, And uh, that was a learning curve. I was like, I don't want to spend five hours cleaning seal coat off of a garage door. That is not fun. Right. Um, It takes a lot of. uh, Don dish soap to get that off. Oh yeah. Um, but <clears throat> another scenario came up where um, we were doing an asphalt apron, and yeah. we were like, "Hey, this doesn't look right. Like we should fix this sure. part of it." And they were like, "No, I don't want you to do that. It's going to cost extra." And I was like, "Well, it's not going to cost much extra if we do it now because we're we already have it tore up." And we just got to throw some more class five down and call it a day. Right. And um, looking out for your customers is most important because they're always going to come back to you. Yeah. And that's one thing I've found or um, one thing that's been really reinforced the last few years is every time someone like puts on Facebook and Farmington Facebook group and they're like, hey, who do you like, who do you suggest to seal coat or asphalt maintenance i see like 10 people say john watson and (laughs) it's so humbling it's so awesome to just see my name out there um and people trust me that's the whole thing is trust Um, building that trust with your clientele is a key you
0: can't there's there's a line that that is very far out there on the on the lengths that you should go and the extent that you should work to in order to build trust for one, back up your name for two, and ensure the client satisfaction for three. You know, there's a difference, and this comes in friendships, even. There's a difference between somebody trying to take advantage of you versus, um, you know, you holding up your end of the deal and giving up that little bit more. Because if you ultimately provide more value than the dollar would warrant, which can sometimes be the difference of it doesn't always mean that you're out there doing more physical labor. You put more material down or, you know, it doesn't always mean that. Your value comes in the form of you communicated well. You're nice. You explained things well. You showed up on time. You did what you said you were going to do. You asked them, hey, are you happy with the job that we did here? And that's sometimes the hardest thing to do because you're asking somebody to criticize your work. You're giving them the opportunity for a face-to-face. <laughs> Here's a face-to-face comment card. What do you think? <laughs> you
1: know, this year, is uh, that's one thing that we did change is um, making sure people provide reviews or feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Feedback, I tell you what, I love feedback. It allows me to grow personally, but also in the business. And um, the people that um, aren't good at taking feedback, I suggest them to reconsider that. um, Because feedback can be your worst enemy, but it could also help you grow personally.
0: Well, you would have to knock down your pride in order to willingly take feedback. You know, because if you you know, if you did something on a job to where you know you shortchanged something or you cut a corner here or there, or you know it's not the you know, picture perfect one that you, you know, the best one that you've turned out, which it happens, it just sometimes that's part of it. You know, you you're the you're the contractor, so you should be the biggest critic of your own work. But when you open up the stage for a client. To now take shots at you willingly, you know, you're, you're, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable for one thing, you're opening yourself up for criticism. And so you have to be willing to take, to get something that you're not ready to hear or that you don't want to hear. And there's a lot of clients out there that, or or, excuse me, a lot of contractors out there and even people in general, like this is the way it was this is the way it is this is the work we did this was our interaction we're done we're done here you know what i mean like i've done my part you've done your part we're done very few people allow themselves to come back and say were you happy with the way that this turned out do i need to do anything more in order to ensure your satisfaction because that would mean that you're losing profits on the bottom line because you know, you're not moving on to the next job. You're still here, stuck with this one. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So. Uh, Go ahead.
1: We uh, we had our biggest contract job um, in September. I kind of, you know, it was a big learning curve, but then also it was like we stuck through it. It took three weeks. It took three weeks. It doesn't matter.
0: How, <laughs> least, how long did uh, you did you anticipate it took when you bid the job?
1: So when I bid the job, I said, we will have this done in four days. <laughs> so it does problem, go like
0: that sometimes, so doesn't it?
1: <laughs> that's right. But the problem was is that it was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So manufacturers or um our like our distributors were closed. So if I, I needed asphalt because I we were doing some patching work. I needed seal coat because we ran out of seal coat. Right. And everyone was closed that Monday and it is what it is. Yeah. Um, And then the client was like, nope, you can't do any work on the weekdays. And so, you know, in the end, it took three weeks because we couldn't do week or work week. We couldn't do any work on the week um, besides weekends. And then and then at the end, they were like, well, why didn't you do it faster? (laughs) And I was like, well, we communicated with you and we told you that, hey, not being able to do it on the, on the week or on the, during the week um, it would take a little bit longer because we only have the weekends to work on. And then, you know, you have rain days and weather doesn't always pan out. So it's interesting to say the least.
0: I will say that you do as a contractor, you have every right to say what you are willing and are not willing to do. And because, and I, and that comes with, Time in the game. And where I realize that I have every ground to do that is when your schedule is busy enough, you can't let somebody else dictate your schedule. You know, because let's say you're booked out for two months. You've allotted, you've bid the job for four days. Let's say in a perfect world, you bid the job for four days. Hopefully you can get it done in three. But you've allotted six, (laughs) because for any sort of errors, what you know, in one way or the other, you've got people backed up. You have every right to say to the client, "Look, this is what we're able to do. This is the schedule we have." And they say, "Well, you can't work on the weekdays." Well, I'm sorry, we have to. We're going to have to figure out a way to work (laughs) around this. You know, what what will be the easiest? How can we come to terms with this? because you can't always get certain products that you need on the weekends. You can't always, the availability to you to do your job properly, it just doesn't happen. Plus there's a reason that they want you to come in at their most convenient time, which makes it the most inconvenient for you. You know what I mean? And, And so you have every right to say, well, this is what I can do. If they're not willing to do that, most likely they're going to find somebody else. They, they've got a couple options. They can find somebody else that is willing to do it. And then they're the ones complaining about, wow, you know, we lost two <laughs> weeks of of other production because we, we folded to them. Or they're going to have to deal with everybody else who's all, also busy and say, well, sorry, that doesn't work for us. You know what I mean? That That's just something that comes with time. Um, that's something that comes with demand, especially. And it's okay. It is, you are able to explain that and communicate that in a way that's not offensive to the client, you know what I mean? Because you are ultimately there for their, but you're trying to improve their surroundings. You're not trying to make it worse. You know, it's asphalt is one of the most inconvenient things. I feel like (laughs) we can, you know, that you can do for people because you're just, you're making a big mess right in the middle of all the commotion. And it's generally in a business, you know, a lot of times it's in a business. So, and they're spending a lot of money (laughs) normally. (laughs) yep. So there's not many things that are going well in your, in your direction when it, when it comes to that, but we can work as hard as we can to make that experience as painless as possible for the client.
1: Yep. Unless uh, one of their customers decides to drive in the parking lot when you're doing your work.
0: Well, you know, that's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) That happens. So, John, what do you think or what what do you feel is one of the biggest challenges you face as far as uh, along the lines of with your balance between multiple jobs, one being seasonal and, you know, raising a basically raising a family?
1: Um, The biggest challenge is time management and communication. Um, now I, I said earlier that I manage my time wisely yeah. And I do, but it takes a lot of work to figure out your schedule.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, I have to look at three girls schedules plus my wife's plus mine and yeah. figure out what time is most convenient for me to go to the gym or go take a walk or, yeah. you know, work on business stuff because ultimately I don't want to be disturbed when I'm, you know, um, creating my website or I I just want focused time, I guess is a better way to put it. And so I really have to carve out my schedule around theirs um, to make everything work. And then communication. Like when I work at Amazon, I really need to communicate with Cassie, my wife and her three sisters and say, Hey, does anyone need a ride during this time? Because if not, I'm going to go work here or do this. Um. And of course, now all of them can drive now, but, um, before when they didn't have their license, you know, that was the, that was a hard learning curve is, well, now I have to spend two hours driving them somewhere. And, uh, that's two hours that I could be doing something productive or what I deem is productive.
0: Yeah. Are you, are you a patient by nature or is that a skill you've acquired over time?
1: <laughs> uh, that's a, a hard question to answer. I would say I'm patient by nature, but I definitely think that I've gained more patience over time. I, I don't think I've had the amount of patience that I have now um previously. And I think that comes from just my whole life scenario, but then also working in IT. Um, when you work with users that don't understand their technology and you have to explain to them five times what they're doing wrong and they still continue to do such. I wouldn't be um, able to do it.
0: I could not do <laughs> <yeah>. it.
1: <laughs> it just builds up and yeah.
0: What do you do for um like a stress reliever for yourself when you say, cause you've mentioned going to the gym or taking a walk or, I mean, is that obviously there's a certain level of importance for that for you. If you time block for that or you you know fit that into your schedule uh stress reliever it's really challenging
1: i you know i find my business or amazon being a stress reliever um because i enjoy doing those things and people always ask me hey what do you have as a hobby what do you do for fun yeah and i say work on my business because i enjoy it Right. Um, but I also enjoy cybersecurity. I I love cybersecurity and that's why I'm still with the company that I'm with and I haven't jumped into the business full time yet. Um, just Do because You see
0: yourself jumping full time into it at some s- point?
1: At some point I would like to unless I don't need to. Like if if we can if I can still manage the company on the top end um and have others acquire the skills that I have currently yeah um, I don't see myself jumping in full time, but um, I'm not sure at this point.
0: So what if you I mean because if that's a perfect world scenario for you, what's stopping you from just structuring it that way?
1: Um, finding people that are like myself it's the hardest thing to
0: do. You will never do it. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's to be honest impossible.
0: with you, well, and here's here's my opinion on that is that you don't want to find people that are like you because they're going to have your same weaknesses as strengths. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what you're I not mean? wrong. You you need to find people that are different than you so they can so you can, so their strengths are your weaknesses.
1: You're, I think you're right about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because in a business, you know, it's you, and, and even in a, it, it's not always in a business. It's in a relationship. It's whatever. I'm going to be good in these areas. We can't both be bad in the same areas. <laughs> you know, you need, it, it's beneficial for you to find somebody that's good in another area. I think that the narcissistic pers- part of everybody Naturally wants to find somebody that's similar to us because you are the you are more you are the most familiar with yourself. Does that make sense? That makes sense. You are the most sense. familiar with yourself. And so you know what to predict in somebody else. But if you find a teammate, whether it's in business or, or life or whatever that's good at something you're not and you're the ringleader over all this, you're going to want to help them excel in those areas that they're good at. Let me do what I'm good at so I can set you up to, to be successful in what you're good at. And then this whole thing will work much better than if we're both fighting for what we're (laughs) good at to make ourselves feel better. You know what I mean?
1: Yep, exactly. That makes sense.
0: But approaching it, you know, if you want to do everything, you're gonna eventually come to a point, I feel like it just, you, you, things grow to a point to where very rarely can you balance multiple, multiple things with very few people involved. You have to build out a team. And that, that's what I've realized with, with, individuals that run multiple businesses or large businesses. It's not that somebody that does $10 million a year, they just figured out a way to be super productive in every single area.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> you've only got so much time in a day. What they've done is they've done a good job at finding people to come in and then delegate and let in in and, and let them do what they're good at or what you've tasked them to do. So if you've already started the asphalt business as a side gig and it's kind of getting to the point to where it's it's going pretty good you could see yourself to moving full time into it or at least the option to do so but you're not sold on it maybe move forward with the goal of I don't want to be full time in my business I want to bring people on that are going to be full time and I'm going to be and I'm going to involve myself in these areas where I'm most proficient at that I can put in, you know, three hours a day, four hours a day, or, you know, you, you, you block your week out. However, that looks like for you. That's for you to determine. But especially if you have a partner. A, you're the business owner. So you have say to do whatever you want. I feel like the gauge And if you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing is the health of your employees, the health of your employees, the health of your company, which ultimately will result in your client satisfaction. If everybody's happy, then you're doing something right. You're going in the right direction. If all you're getting is red flags and kickback everywhere, then something's suffering. Yep. You know?
1: Exactly. And that's um, this last year. um, So we grew. I keep going back to this review thing, but yeah. we grew our reviews. Um, we still have five stars and maybe I shouldn't say that because, you know, someone might go and, uh, give me a, a one star and I might take that down, but
0: yeah, well, you can, you can cybersecurity <laughs> that right out of there. <laughs>
1: um, but you know, something goes to say of having happy employees and a happy business owner. Yeah. Um, and happy customers that i just want to keep it that way yeah and uh, involving more people i think to be honest with you that might be the route that i take is involving more people because i love seeing other people succeed if i can help you succeed that yeah. makes me happy um even if i you know have to work 24 7 and you know what sometimes i do and um that's. I think that would, in the end, the end all be all goal. I think that might be the route that I take is, um, just allowing other people to be happy and sure. h- providing success to them or helping them get to their own version of success. And I always go back to this saying that I always say is make your dreams a reality. Yeah. My dream is to have a farm, a business, and do cybersecurity. And I'm almost there.
0: <laughs> but, You're almost there. You've got a lot on your plate though. That's right. So it keeps growing too. <laughs> well, I think I think you'll be able to get everything you want. I have no doubt about that. And you'll figure out the longer you go, you know, if, if there's kickback in one area, it's just like like we brought up earlier, it's a it's a matter of problem solving at that point in time. Right. You know, and I think when the time comes you'll realize all right it's time to sacrifice in this area for the benefit of another if you want other people to grow first over you know more than yourself there's a certain point in time to where you have to a person that is willing to grow and has the capability and the the drive to grow quick and especially quickly sometimes you have to get out of your own way in order to get out of their way, to let them grow. you know, If you are absorbing all of the hats in your business because you feel like you have to be, and there's somebody inside your business that really wants those, A, it comes down to communication, knowing the people that you're around, knowing the people that work for you, knowing the people that you live with. What do you want? (laughs) What do you want out of this? Where, where Where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to be? And then you gauge for yourself, am I getting in this person's way or not? Does that mean that I have to sacrifice something that I find, you know, let's say it's sales. Generally, there's a lot of reward with sales because you go talk to a client, you land a job. There's a reward for that. You did something right. Let's say there's somebody else inside your company that's really good at sales. You have to then get out of your own way and sacrifice something that's rewarding for you in order so they can. And then you train them on how to be good at it so then they can succeed and then your business grows. That's right. You know, well, is there anything else on your mind pressing that you want to talk about? We've talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's,
1: you know, my mind is always running, but uh, <laughs> there's nothing. There's, I wouldn't say there's something specific poking yeah. right, right out right this second, but awesome. Um, I well, think go ahead. overall we've discussed a lot, and I think yeah hopefully um, whoever is listening yeah. um, is able to. let us influence them um, in a positive manner to help them succeed in whatever they um, inspire to do.
0: Well, here's, here's my thought with this whole podcast is that, and you know this, but sometimes it needs to be said is that there are more people out there than just you that are dealing with what you're dealing with. You just might be the first person that's willing to be vulnerable about it. You know, and I think that there's a lot of value in, in the, the footwork, the hands-on, the very specific details. And that's going to be a theme throughout this whole podcast, is that if there's somebody that picks up one ounce of value or information based on, we might, you know, we might not even realize what we said or what we talked about. <laughs> but if they can relate it to something in their life. Because it came through from two people that are just normal people. It doesn't matter how much money we make. It doesn't matter how involved we are. It doesn't matter how big our businesses are. The truth is that we all have a certain amount of challenges that we face every single day. And so what brings... what what brings out somebody is coming across as genuine is them willing to be vulnerable about their situation and not look at it as, well, that's not worth talking about. Why? Why not? Yeah, exactly. You know, so I feel like this one was definitely a lot more interview based and I'm perfectly okay with that because A, it gives me an opportunity to get to know you better. You know, we didn't necessarily talk about um, you know, specific, we talked about what you do, we talked about a lot of challenges within that we talked about those challenges that transfer throughout life that anybody else is going to be able to relate to their specific life situation. Yeah, yeah situation. Yep. So and I think that's where the value comes in. You know, so I'm, I'm super glad that we did this. What is the name of your business again? So
1: my business name is Freedom Seal Coat.
0: Where are you out of? Where we are you
1: based out of Minnesota.
0: Say the state one more time.
1: Minnesota. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there we go. Uh, what, what town in Minnesota?
1: So um, we service um, pretty much 50 miles uh, radius of Minneapolis-St. Paul but uh, we are located in Farmington, Minnesota, which is about 30 minutes south of St. Paul, Minneapolis.
0: You do residential and commercial, yes?
1: Yep, residential, commercial, and uh, we're growing, and there's not a job that's too big or too small. We do them all.
0: That's great. That's really great to hear. Well, I'm gonna cut it here. John, thank you very much for being willing to do this. I'm, I'm honestly super happy to get to know you more. And so, I mean, cause we're connected with a bunch of different people on social media. And so just interactions like this, I now have a lot more knowledge about what's behind the face of John Watson. When I see you pop up online, you know, right. and that that's extremely valuable to me. And I'm sure that are you, uh, are you going to go to NPE this year?
1: um actually I have a vacation that's <laughs> um that I'm going to uh, I'm going I I have a house in Mexico and yeah. so we my wife's birthday is during NPE and she requested that we go to Mexico for it and um it's something that I bit my tongue on and I was like <laughs> fine well do what you want to do because it's your birthday but uh I wanted to go to NPE to meet everyone right, yeah. in Austin Everyone that goes, but uh, yeah, yeah. not going to happen this year, I guess.
0: That's okay. There will be more times and your, your investment into your family is more important. Exactly. NPE, for those that don't know, it's called national pavement expo. Uh, Since me and John are both involved in the asphalt industry, that's something it's a trade show that goes on once a year. And it's because we're connected with a bunch of people from all over the U S and even in Canada and so opportunities to where you get to meet these people in person and in face and just shake their hand and like that's you you communicate with people throughout the course of a year especially in a similar industry and you only know somebody based on their profile picture or their comments online or you know very rarely do you even get on a zoom call with somebody unless it's in a big group so um these these trade shows are really an opportunity for somebody for all of these newfound friends to connect on a different level and encourage each other so for those that don't know that's what mpe is but great description (laughs) (laughs) thanks john thank you very much again i am super excited that you've been on this episode of the seven day hustle and that we now know a lot more about your seven day hustle.
1: Yeah, Um, if anyone has any questions or wants to join my hustle, I guess I'd be happy to
0: help them out in any way possible. How do people find you online before I forget that completely?
1: So you can, uh, there's a couple different ways if you wanna follow the business. Um, We have a TikTok, but if you just go to freedomsealcoat.com, you can find our business Facebook page instagram and tiktok otherwise uh if you just look me up on facebook under john watson you'll find me
0: awesome thanks man appreciate it thank you we'll see you bye